Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. My, who am I? I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by Laurie Blake. Hello, mate. How are you? How's it going? Good. Not well, from the sounds of it. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day, mate. And it's only uh, ten to eleven a.m. But I've mm. been up for. I've, I've been up since I got up at half six. Because I was like, well, the AEW podcast didn't fully process yesterday on YouTube. So I had to go do that and do all the back end stuff for Quizzlemania because I'm also assuming that didn't work out. So I've, I've been doing a lot of work already, mate. Getting ready to brave Sainsbury's. Mm. Oh, dear. Um, but before we dive into all that exciting chat, let's get into the show itself. Because there was unfortunately a lot of WWE releases this week. And we're going to talk about what they could do next. Here is the show. We are going to kick off with what was probably the saddest news of... I mean, it's, it's hard to say what the saddest news of the week was because, you know, the Fink died yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd had all this. It's been a bad week for WWE PR, uh, I, I would certainly say. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely um, not nailed it this week, have they? <laughs> no. <laughs> but in all of that, uh, we had the uh, announcement on Wednesday that uh, a lot of WWE staff had been released and furloughed. So a lot of backstage producers, including Billy Kidman, Lance Storm, um, the Hurricane, um, had all been furloughed, which basically means that they are they're getting part of their you know their check, their their wage, and then once this is all blown over, they'll be brought back into the fold. Whereas the wrestlers, on the other hand, have been released. They've been mm-hmm. released from their contracts. I would wager that some of them will probably be given an open door policy to come back once all of this has blown over, but. You know, it certainly remains to be seen. But um, I mean, we haven't. So Ollie and I did a two hour 
uh, podcast about this on Wednesday night. Uh, Pete and I talked about it on the AEW show yesterday, but we haven't had your thoughts on this uh, really yesterday, Laurie. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on all of these releases? I guess, like, I mean, a lot of people are saying that obviously it's a business decision uh, and you can't really fault WWE for making it. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think WWE are completely at fault for making it because, you know, so in, in certainly some of these cases, some of these people have wanted to leave for a while and have been angling to get their release and WWE has stopped them because they are hoarding people to stop other companies having them. So then they thought that maybe... It, well, it definitely seems like they thought that they could now release people freely without the worry that they're going to go straight to the competition and bolster those programs, um, especially AEW, um, because AEW has filmed everything and AEW is not in a position probably to hire a bunch of people that have just been released. Um, so I, just, I think it reads very maliciously like you know i think that's kind of the vibe i get from this it's 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 a very cold and calculated move and i think it's particularly uh poignant in in cases like sarah logan who they flew down to have her wrestle on raw and get squashed and then bring her up to let her go a couple two of days, day, later, yeah, two yeah. days later yeah so they've put her health at risk uh, to yeah. invite her down to appear on tv so they needed her and they used her and she 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 you know stepped up to the plate and played her part and then they let her go at a time where there is no jobs for wrestlers anywhere in the world yeah. basically um i just i just think that's really douchey and i think the fact that they, they've also in that same week bribed the florida governor uh yeah. so they can make wrestling an essential service they basically in that in that same in that same breath made wrestling a you know made wrestlers themselves key workers because if if wrestling's an essential service and you work in an essential service you are a key worker and then they're letting people go who are now key workers that would be like yeah. you know it, that it's not obviously on that same level but it's like firing nurses isn't it yeah. like you know that's that's the bracket we're talking about people in people are going out on their people going out the street in this country and clapping at 8, 8 p.m. on a thursday for all key workers so that includes wrestlers in this weird world we live in yeah uh, and as Ollie pointed out in yesterday's news episode that if WWE had just, you know, used one percent of the money that they've got currently in reserves, that would pay the this staff, you know, all of these released wrestlers for like the next six to eight months, I think, mm -hmm. or something along those lines. You know, it's it, and it's you know the, the the business side of things. I I do kind of get why WWE do this. You know, it's a cost cutting measure. Ollie and I talked about the death spike on the Wednesday show, but at the same time when you look at the numbers wwe were going to remain profitable this year regardless mm -hmm. of whether or not they get to put on shows not know, just they... yeah not even just profitable record-breaking profitable like yeah. they yeah. are they are on track for the biggest profits they've ever had this year yeah. so I, I think that's what really really sort of is a bit of a smack in the face it's not even it's not even like they're going to make a loss or they're going to make a little bit of like a little bit less profit they are going to make the most profit they've ever made um it, yeah it reminds me of that what was the your man bobby kotick uh who's he in oh, charge activision of activision yeah where they had like you know record-breaking profits last year 
um, but they did not meet the expectations that they had told shareholders that the profits were going to be. So they fired loads of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to just it's make just, up those numbers, yeah. Exactly. It's just it's the sort of weird, weird world of business where the, the money is the most important thing and people's lives are secondary. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's weird corporate monsters. <laughs> yeah, but we'll go through the list of people and kind of give some, you know, because as you said there, these guys and girls can't go straight into work. This is, you know, even with the 90-day non-competes that they'll likely all have, there's nowhere to work right now mm-hmm. because AEW, as you said, have taped everything. We don't know what they're going to do once Double or Nothing is over. Um there's no indie shows being put on at the moment because indie shows can't afford to do any, you know, do any shows without fan attendance. Um, Impact, I think, is still running some shows, but they're not really at the same time. Neither a Ring of Honor, neither a MLW, mm-hmm. NWA, are, you know, airing old content. Um, so it, it's in a sort of very weird world where they are essentially now just in no man's land where they have got nowhere to go. And one report that came out, I think it was last week, suggested that we might not be able to have fans in attendance for shows until late 2021. Mm-hmm. So, like, that means that you know, for the next year or so, you know, for the next 18 months, these people are going to be without a check. Yeah, and it's, it is just nuts, isn't it? It's like, and, and you know, WWE was never particularly a safety blanket for any wrestlers considering they don't really give anyone health care and they don't do any, you know, they they make them independent contractors so they can just fire them at any time. Um, but it was more of a safety net than nothing, isn't it? But I just, it's just... It's a steady paycheck. It's just a very weird time to choose to do stuff like this. And, you know, they clearly... Like like they said, like WWE wasn't really making... Its profits aren't coming from gate anyway, nowadays that's coming from tv deals and those are the things they need to you know those are the those are the worries those are the things they're concerned about losing and that's why they've gone back to going live because you know apparently there was only so many um pre-taped shows a year they could even do of raw and smackdown so they've had to go back to doing them live um in order to save those tv deals or at least stop the stop fox or usa from changing the deal and giving them less money because that, that you know that's a big risk and a big worry so then I just feel like, but in a time where literally anyone could just get sick in uh, very short order and the kind of sick where you're not allowed to leave your house, uh, you're not allowed to see anyone or do anything, surely you want more wrestlers on your roster. Surely you need more people to be like, we just need people to fill in the gaps because yeah. there will just there, there is going to be a point at which gaps appear. You know, WWE's already had two cases of coronavirus, right? So, yeah, they certainly had one that we know of that was not an in-ring wrestler. Mm-hmm. It was someone who who was just working for the company, um, but was in sort of like a. Well, it's speculated to be a commentator or a backstage interviewer, that that sort of role, possibly even a referee. Um, it, it we are recording this in a period of time though where it looks like you know President Trump is going to be effectively reopening America and mm-hmm. sort of encouraging sports to kind of like start up again. So perhaps, <laughs> well, Mad's a yes. genius. yeah, yeah. Well, this is what happens when you have a business man in charge. Um, so perhaps we, you know, come next week, come in two weeks' time, come in two months' time. 
America's doors will just be reopened again. And these, you know, guys and girls will have somewhere to work, whether or mm-hmm. whether it's a safe place to work is a different matter or not. But mm-hmm. let's let's go through them one by one and sort of see where we think some of these people might go. So we'll start off with the, the NXT release of Deonna Perrazzo. There were quite a few NXT releases, but they were a lot of people who hadn't been on TV yet. Um, Deonna Perrazzo, I feel, was like the, really the biggest name in the mm-hmm. NXT releases. You know, she had been she'd been featured on Raw, you know, mm. uh, this year. Before as well she got as featured on, on NXT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, before you know, doing some stuff on NXT. So, I she um, she does have some connections to uh, to the elite and that group because mm-hmm. I think she effectively. I mean, she basically chose going to NXT over doing All In. So mm. there is every chance that she could go that way. And, you know, AEW could certainly use some sort of women with some name recognition. Yeah, I think, yeah, AEW would be a good shout. I think, you know, she could also go to Ring of Honor um, where Marty is. I, th- I think I'm assuming they're still going out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that could have been this could have That's been part show, of the yeah. problem, right? Like, you know, I think the fact that Marty quite obviously turned WWE down at the, coming to the end of his Ring of Honor contract, this could I'm not saying I'm not saying they are spiteful. I'm just saying I wouldn't put it past them. Um, <laughs> so you know this could be sort of part of that. And because I just think like they made quite a bit of fuss about getting her. You know they had yeah. her and Chelsea Green in the crowd at, uh, either on one of the NXTs or on the Takeover. I think I it was the board. first NXT was on a, TV, wasn't it? Was it? it was the live, when they went to the USA, live show yeah. In USA, yeah. Um, so they, yeah, they, they, you know they showed them off in the crowd like they were these big gets. Lena, the, the, the other people they've given that role to our Keith Lee the the current North American champion um and then they just didn't appear like you know and they'd been there for ages as well um before they even appeared in the crowd um and you, you get this kind of feeling that like she was always tied to Chelsea Green in NXT's eyes and Chelsea Green got injured when she came in and she broke a wrist and so she wasn't appearing on TV they worked live shows together as a tag team then Chelsea Green debuts as the lead representative of the Robert Stone brand the brand of one person Um, and they never signed Deanna she never got to be part of that group and then and then before you know as that's all playing out on NXT she appears on Raw Uh, Chelsea appeared on SmackDown or something, I think. That's... Yeah, I think she was on an episode of Raw. I think yeah, it might have been she... almost the same episode, or like, and certainly in a yeah, two-week they... span. Yeah, because they had a, a WWE PC video about them both appearing on the set, like both appearing at the same sort of event. Um, yeah, so they both appear at the, you know, both appear at these shows, and Deanna just disappears. She appears, she appears in the uh, Battle Royal. She has one match with Shotzi Blackheart to put over Shotzi, and that is it. That is all she wrote. Um, I think she got a really, really bad raw deal in WWE. Um, just I didn't. For sh- I think for probably for just for sheer virtue that NXT Women's Division is actually really strong and it is the best women's division WWE have. So it's a very hard place I think to make any impact. Um, and then obviously when you go to Raw and SmackDown, they are only obsessed with two women at a time. And that's it. Grand scheme <laughs> yeah. of things, like you know, they, they only really have room for they don't even have room for the tag team champions. Um, yeah. they, they, you know, they they get to go on a pay per view maybe, um, but that is it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think she's she's had a tough time. But then she, I think the options are definitely there for her because I think people know that she's good, and I think uh, she's definitely got friends in high places who yeah. could put in a good word for her. Uh, speaking of which, actually, uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, um, who I forgot mm-hmm. were former Raw Tag Team Champions. They won the belt mm. at WrestleMania last year, if I remember correctly. 
Um, you know, they also got their release. We all thought that, you know, them along with Heath Slater would just be WWE lifers. You know, uh, Zach and Kurt have always talked about how, like, this was this was their dream, this was their aim, was to be in WWE. And, and they were always listed as the kind of guys that didn't really mind that they weren't on TV or weren't being used because they were just happy to be there. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it really sucks for them. But Zach in particular has always been said by Cody to be, like, their... Like the most underutilized guy in WWE. So I could certainly see whether they go or not, it's a different matter, but I could certainly see Cody trying to get Zach to come in, whether that is as a wrestler or as an agent or in some sort of capacity. But mm. they, you know, they themselves have got their own projects. They've got their uh, podcast. I was actually just checking to see sort of how they do, how they're doing on Patreon. Um, and I, from what I can gather, I think they're doing fairly well because they've got their, their major brother or the major wrestling figure podcast. Mm-hmm. So I was just having a quick look to see if I can find out how many sort of Patreon backers they already have. It doesn't say. That's annoying. Um, but from what I can gather, you know, they, they do pretty well for themselves on that. So they've got mm-hmm. that to fall back on. If they don't really want to do any sort of wrestling, they can always just carry on doing their, their wrestling figure podcast. Yeah, and I think there's probably like, you know, there's a couple of options of uh, things they could do here. They can do their podcast and they've got their Patreons. They made that as a show for WWE at one point on the YouTube channel. So there is also the, the you know, the they might have been let go from their big WWE contracts as wrestlers, but they might come back in for some sort of like TV style deal to present that if WWE liked it and they want that as part of their suite of uh, shows for YouTube or if they want to make something else on the network there's that there's that sort of they've definitely established themselves as presenters mm-hmm. and I think that's something that WWE quite likes people who've had time in the company to come and do you know you've got Stone Cold doing the Broken Skull sessions you've got Edge and Christian doing their their show like um, I think that there's the option there but I, I also think like yeah if, if Cody is so high on Zack Ryder and, and they are really good friends uh, by all accounts, like I just feel like it's beckoning, isn't it? AEW at yeah. some point. But I also think that these are two guys, along with uh, Heath Slater, that the door is open. Like this, this feels like it's probably an open door deal that you know we're releasing you for now. But once this is all blown over, you're always welcome to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. someone like a Heath, I could certainly see you know going to Impact and impact have always been a company that likes to sort of revive things that fans liked that WWE gave up on like the Heath Slater and Rhino tag team you know I interviewed Mm. Rhino not too long ago only a couple of weeks ago I spoke with Rhino and he was talking about how much he really enjoyed working with with Heath Slater and he loved that tag team and the fans really liked that tag team he was was telling me a story that um even on house shows the fact that Mm. even though they were never used on TV they were still getting massive ovations at house shows and were still being like they were still like hugely over and he would read like the the house show reports that are written by the agents that then get sent back to sort of Vince in the head office saying like yeah this team is really over there's really something that we can do with this team um that's like that's available in the podcast archive and they chose not to yeah and they chose not to yeah so yeah. I, I could imagine that maybe you know Heath could go and get a run in in impact wrestling which is not you know it's, it's a good place for him well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's actually now like for, I think for some people, it, if if there is this, if the, if an open door policy exists, there is actually now choice for people. Like WWE has taken the shackles off and said, like you know, you're gonna, you're probably gonna get the choice now at the end of this. Like, um, and it's it's obviously scary and difficult at this exact moment in time, and then we don't know how long it's going to be this way for. But you know, if AEW 
comes knocking for Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and, and Heath Slater, you know, and says to them, like, we're going to do this with you. And WWE goes, well, you could come back here and you could just go back to being uh, Kurt Hawkins who never gets a win. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kurt Hawkins would be like, well, no, AEW's offering me a streak. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. they're offering me to be the, the like, you know, on the way to the championship. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but it'd be quite interesting to see Kurt Hawkins as a character who wins. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, um, they've obviously already changed their names on their Twitter machines. Um, and Carl Anderson has already teased a return to Japan. You know, he put mm-hmm. up a video, I think it was like the, this morning or yesterday, uh, that was basically just, you know, it was a picture of a plane flying across to Tokyo, Japan. So I very much think we could end up seeing the Good Brothers back in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling when they start doing their shows again. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they're uh, they are shoe-ins for going straight back. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, could, I couldn't really see. And I guess like you know, they they probably also they've got, will have ties with the elite guys. So mm-hmm. you know, there, there is the option that AEW might ask for them. Um, but then I think they probably go for that sort of deal where it's like we could work both, maybe. That's, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think they're going to be the sort of people who are out of options. No, oh, come the end not, of no. this. Yeah, there's a few people on this list that are just like right once the once doors are open again mm. for wrestling shows, they are walking straight back into work. And one of those guys I've got to think is Drake Maverick. You know, it, it's Rockstar oh, Spud. Yeah. Like Rockstar Spud and EC3. I could definitely see those two walking right back into Impact Wrestling and just going mm-hmm. back into being a featured act either together or separately. But those two 100% are, are, are destined to get work as soon as this all blows over. Yeah, absolutely. I think they, uh, you know, I think Drake's video was as heartbreaking as it was. And I said this on the NXT podcast yesterday. Like, I just think it just, it just shows how good he is. Like, mm-hmm. I think it just, like, it was obviously like it was very raw and it was very real and i think people connected with it but i just think it it goes to show that like he even put over the company yeah in a video where he you know anyone else could have you could have just gone well screw this burned all bridges you could yeah you could have burned the bridges you could have uh lost your head you know this is he's literally off the phone having lost his dream job and he's still putting over the nxt episodes that are upcoming that he's going to be featured on um I just I just think like huge props to the man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think of all the people that have that have come out of this, like his that video that he posted because it just was posted moments after he got the phone call. He's been put over massively on Twitter, like by a lot mm-hmm. of wrestling promoters, by a lot of wrestlers, saying that you know if you are a wrestling promotion and you are a promoter, you need to be on the phone with this man and and bring him in. Um, Eric Young's another. I just one. think he was, he was another one that was just underused in WWE. Just like you know, he barely did any ring stuff. Like yeah, they they, they just him brought as, him in. Yeah, they threw him to management like, yeah, as a management thing. Yeah, completely. Uh, Eric Young's another guy that I can see going back to Impact Wrestling. Um, you mm-hmm. know, that was his home for a, for a long, long time. He got a world title run in, in Impact Wrestling, and mm-hmm. you know, he is a guy that is he was massively underutilized in WWE, used to perfection in NXT absolutely used to perfection in nxt but as soon as he got caught up to the main roster was just he made zero impact <laughs> ironically mm. um but i couldn't see impact wrestling getting on the phone to to bring back him you know he's got that canadian connection as well with it being now a uh, officially in a canadian company so yeah so mm-hmm. I, I could see something with with eric young and impact yeah i definitely i definitely think impact is is calling for him i, I also like my my big wonder about this is um you know how many people are going to circulate out now and circulate back in through NXT again. Because mm. that, that's kind of, I feel like, you know, if you're Triple H and you're the 
the the bookers for NXT, you're going to have very fond memories of a lot of of working with a lot of these talents, and you're going to know that they're very good, and you're going to know that like angling to get them back on NXT while they were on Raw and SmackDown is quite difficult because seemingly there's a bit of tribalism there and a bit of like these are my toys you can't have them yeah. about anyone going to NXT they'll happily take people from NXT to fill gaps and do whatever but like you can't have people um it needs to be some sort of clean trade yeah uh, so I wonder I wonder if they would just like you know if if depending on how much freedom they have to decide what talent they're going to bring on whether or not they'll just hire up a bunch of these guys that they used to have yeah uh primo and epico um i would imagine we'll just go we'll just stay in puerto rico really and just sort of mm-hmm. like that's where they've been working as of late so i could imagine that's probably where they'll just stick around with um no way jose's an interesting one um i mean obviously what we've been talking about here is a lot of people sort of going to companies like impact mlw ring of honor aew new japan etc but no way jose is a kind of guy that feels to me like it's he has got he's got a gimmick that you can always put onto a show because Mm -hmm. they always said this about you know the honky tonk man honky tonk man is one of the greatest gimmicks of all times because he has never had to change anything he's ever done and he has got bookings for the last 100 years because you can just bring him in as the honky tonk man he can just come down like i'm long hair burns over my hair's look back you can just do all of that stuff and you know dress like elvis and everything and people always said the same thing about um the funkasaurus to Brodus Clay, mm-hmm. being like, look, I know you want to be a badass, but you have been given a gimmick that if you get released by WWE, you can do on any indie circuit now for the next 20 years, and people will be really happy to see it. Whether you can say the same for No Way Jose is a different matter, but mm-hmm. I can certainly see No Way Jose getting semi-regular bookings as being the party guy that comes out with the conga line. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's definitely that sort of like attraction wrestler uh, future there. Um, I think more interesting would be to see if he completely revamps who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what's what's No Way Jose's second gimmick? Yeah. that's I think that's, that's going to be a more interesting thing to see if, if they come out with that. Because like, you know, but really, like, I, get, I get that people liked the conga line. I never really gelled with it. I thought it was a bit, I thought it was a bit naff. Yeah. And, but also like it was a bit, frankly it's been very underused in wwe recently so it's not even like it's like i don't think it's sitting there at the front of people's minds for yeah. where, like if, if he came out on an indie show people aren't gonna be like oh yeah no way jose like <laughs> i think he, he could get away with completely changing his character um and i don't think it's gonna re- massively affect the kind of the amount of bookings and stuff because i don't think people are clamoring for the conga line no uh leo rush is someone i could see getting some big work uh, off the back of this in in an mm-hmm. impact in a ring of honor i think he'd be great in ring of honor uh in an a- aew i i could certainly see him getting some work out, uh, off the back of this yeah yeah i think he's um uh, you know it's, it depends on how many of those reports of him being fairly difficult uh, yeah. are real and you know completely truthful but I th- i've always seen it. i think he's an amazing performer i think he's got that he can talk he can he can work i think he's got it all he's a, he's a total package and wwe you know beyond giving him that cruiserweight championship for a very brief amount of time which seemed like it was really done to placate him mm-hmm. um they never they just never bothered you know and he, he's you know they just put him with lashley and said why don't you just talk for the big man <laughs> little leo talk for the big man so, uh, kurt angle's an interesting one I, I think the you know, Kurt Angle being the, uh, released from his Legends contract really shows just how little WWE cared for him 
you know ollie and mm. i talked about this on the on the, the two hour live stream he was hired out of spite and he was hired for very cynical reasons and they did not care for him you can tell that by his retirement run and you know putting over baron corbin at the end of it mm-hmm. and baron corbin went on to do absolutely nothing like it wouldn't i wouldn't mind so much that baron corbin was the man that retired kurt angle if baron corbin had then gone on to do something but baron corbin went on to do nothing you know now he's a joke king character um mm. so if i'm AEW. I'm certainly trying to bring him in to be either be an agent, maybe not an in-ring competitor, but certainly as an agent, or you know, just someone who could be like a creative mind for the business. But yeah, or you know, Impact might be on the phone with him as well. You know, he had a long, long stint mm. with them. Yeah, I think I think he, you know, even just to be like somebody's manager on AEW is definitely something that I think they would look to do with someone like Kurt Angle and they because love he's doing that as well. Yeah, exactly. They they really like that sort of like here's a legend who you get to see, but they're not going. We're going to keep them safe, and they're not you know not going to do a lot of talking, but they are going to accompany people to the ring. Um, just I guess just because you know Tony Khan's a big wrestling nerd and just loves all the toys <laughs> in his toy box. Yeah. Uh, he's just like I just want Arn Anderson to be here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I think no, it's not bleak for Kurt at all, is it? It's, no. He's he's goddamn Kurt Angle. He's he's going to be fine. Um, it's just a sh- yeah. It's just a shame that WWE really didn't have anything for him. Like he's he's still so good. Yeah. You know he not not obviously like the not the wrestling side of things, but I think like Kurt Angle was had the benefit of being one of the better talkers that WWE had. He he had the benefit of being one of the funniest people that they ever put in sketches. Um, and yeah, they just sort of lost interest in him quite quickly, didn't they? Uh, Mike and Maria Canel, uh, or Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis, I can easily see them going back to Ring of Honor. You know, mm-hmm. and going back in with Taven, I yeah, one hundred percent, I can see them heading back to Ring of Honor. Yeah, I I, de- I definitely think they'd probably head back to Ring of Honor. Uh, I think like again, another another example of WWE not really giving people the time of day. Like they they love that they love that theme song, <laughs> uh, but they don't really like anything else about it. And like, I feel like um, Mike Kanellis returning to Mike Bennett, and you know go back to being a very good wrestler yeah, and doing very again. good wrestling you know yeah. that stuff is going to be a lot of fun Sarah Logan I, I, if I'm AEW I'm getting on the phone to, to her as well because it's if there's one thing that AEW has struggled with since it's launch it's not even since the Dynamite years since it's launch since day one is they haven't had a particularly strong women's division they are they have done a lot to build that you know they have been doing mm-hmm. a lot to get people like Britt Baker's the, the heel turns really worked for her uh, Hikaru Shida um, you know they've been doing some stuff with Big Big Swole and Chris Statlander, but yeah, I think having someone like Sarah Logan on there, I think would really yeah. really help them uh, massively. Really really would. It's, I don't know if the same could be said for Eric Rowan though. I don't know where you go with it, with an Eric Rowan. I've seen a few people say that he could go to AEW and join the Dark Order alongside Brody Lee and kind of like bring back that connection again. But, I don't think Brody Lee would want that. I know they're friends, yeah. but I don't think I don't think I don't think. Um, Brody's going to be like, oh yeah, let's just go back to what WWE were doing. I feel like his gimmick is kind of, it's looking, it's obviously using uh, the context of having been sort of a WWE failure um, to power it in some degrees. But I don't think he's going to be like, well, let's make all the same mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And lastly, the one that I am probably very, I'm, I'm most excited for. Um, you know, uh, not excited for them to lose their job. I want to stress that now, but excited for the future of what they can do. And it's it's something that I've, I was thinking about yesterday, of just like you know your episode of, of an AEW Dynamite where someone's in the ring cutting a promo, and all of a sudden just like, 
um, <laughs> Aiden English coming out because you know if I'm AEW and I'm looking at this list of people, the first two names that jump off to me are Aiden English and Rusev, and you yeah. you reunite those two, and you do re- you do Rusev Day, which is was such a popular gimmick and such a massively over gimmick that it was being chanted way after they'd given up on it. You know, like yeah, two, it's like, a chance. Yeah, they were chanting for Rusev Day in segments he wasn't in. You know, because yeah. people who liked the Rusev Day gear, if you just change that to Miro Day and you just do mm. the same thing, but you do it in a different company. And, and I think you there's a lot of money left on the table with Rusev. Yeah, I, but I, I also think you could, you know, you could toughen Rusev up, um, go back to some of the more the earlier Rusev stuff, you know, from from the John Cena days. And you can just have you have yourself a top heel mm-hmm. like, you, you know, I think Rusev is. A, a great performer i think he's a very funny man i think he's he's capable of so much stuff um and he never really got that push he needed in wwe he was always you know it was it was classic his classic timing thing obviously of being like i'm in there with john cena who has to win because he is america yeah. he is he is mr mr america man yeah um so you know you you end up losing those the, that kind of swing in wwe but i think AEW would be happier to put a big heel on top and you know i could see him being the the tnt champion for a long time i i think he's somebody that is has got a massive future ahead of him and i think a pair of aiden english even if it's not just the rusev day thing even if aiden english is just the mouthpiece for um a more vicious version of rusev yeah that would also be amazing yeah completely absolutely so yeah i think you know to, to look at the, the positive side of, of this very very horrible news that's come out this week is that once is, this is all said and done there is there's work out there for people you know that's what they were mm-hmm. saying like last year was a, an incredibly exciting year for not just pro wrestling fans but for pro wrestlers themselves because like now more than ever there had been more places to work and people willing to pay money to get wrestlers so mm-hmm. maybe once this is all blown over we'll be in the same situation you know as long as a lot of these companies can survive um right before we get into the mailbag let's quickly recap the uh, wednesday night ratings war and surprisingly it was another win for NXT, two weeks cool. on the bounce, which I was really surprised by because, I mean, and it, you know, AEW have got to see this as a quite a big loss. It's not massive in numbers because it's only, you know, it's less than 10, it's 9,000 viewers. But even so, you were heavily promoting a world title match and mm. it lost out by, you know, it was down 1% from last week. It won in the 18 to 49 demographic, but AE, uh, NXT basically drew the exact same number they did last week which is a, a great result for them i think i think it's the, it's this key though isn't it it's like uh that nxt has always had this very faithful audience uh even even after AEW started up you know like not many people migrated from nxt to AEW. i think a lot of people who were watching raw and smackdown started tuning into wednesday night television to mm-hmm. watch AEW um, instead of watching Raw and SmackDown, maybe. But I don't think many people who are already watching NXT decided to leave that. So I think you've got this really hardcore base who are still basically getting the show that they were getting anyway. Um, and I don't think a lot... You, NXT also doesn't look remarkably different mm-hmm. by not having an audience there. It's obviously like... it's 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 not as vibey to ha- not have the full sale crowd going crazy because they were a big part of the show. And, you know, Mara's not on it as much. But I don't think... 
mechanically the show has changed all that much. I think on AEW's hand, where they were doing big arenas and it had this huge, you know, it had this throwback WCW Nitro feel, like this is such a different show yeah now um and i think that is going to put off a lot of the people who you know the exact sort of people who were clamoring for a throwback wrestling show to to relive the glory days and you know have something that was more focused on proper wrestling they're just going to watch that and feel like it's too different yeah i think they're they're, they're going to be less lenient about it changing and it is like they feel like pre-taped shows you know the last few weeks of dynamite have really felt like pre-taped shows and that you know mm-hmm. there's always that argument of life is going to draw better than than pre-taped you know more often than not and um yeah i mean you, you you're absolutely right there the nxt had very much had it it's it's got its loyal audience whereas the AEW audience was i think a more of a curious audience you know in the early mm-hmm. weeks of of the the shows the the data proved that during commercial breaks the AEW audience was flipping over to nxt to see what was going on there but the same was not going the other way nxt audience were just watching nxt through the ad breaks they weren't flipping mm-hmm. over to the other channel A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome Pledge Hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community tab uh, labeled mailbag. Don't email me. I will just lose it. And we will answer them on every Friday show uh, like these fine folks. Simon says, lovely beard boys. I was curious about when you first started to live that beard life. Beard life. This is basic thugonomics. 
Personally, when I graduated high school, I went traveling for a year and decided I didn't want to bother with shaving during that time. So I grew my beard for the first time that year. And I not only enjoyed the way it looked, but I also liked the laziness of not shaving. Now I only trim my beard when I feel like it's getting too long. P.S. It's been snowing here recently and I'm unsure if I'm being quarantined so long that I miss summer completely. And it's now winter again. What is time? I mean, what is time is yeah. probably the, yeah. Also, the I think the, the what is time is one of the, the key questions as well as like, am I hungry or am I just bored? <laughs> those those are, really are the big questions of the universe at this exact moment in time. Yeah. Am I tired? Am I just bored? Like, yeah. <laughs> I keep having that dilemma every day being like, do I need a nap or am I just genuinely so bored that I can't be bothered to be awake anymore? Yeah. Uh, and it's always the second option. Um, I started growing my beard when I was 25. So that was seven years ago. Um, and I just sort of, I think I just got bored of shaving my face completely. So I was like, well, let's just see how how this goes. And then I sort of was like, oh, it's actually growing in quite full. Uh, I'll leave it. I imagine if, I, if it was growing in with gaps, I would have been like, no, never. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was fairly blessed in that regard. I was going to say, I think when I first met you, you were beardless. Um, mm. And then, yeah, one day I saw you again and you just had this full beard in your face. I was like, oh, well, that's new. Um, there we go. Yeah, mine was, yeah, sort of in my mid-20s, I decided to grow a beard. I've always wanted to grow a beard, but, I mean, as you can tell by this, I can't grow a full beard. But otherwise, I would have had a full beard. I just get these sort of, like, wisps of hair on the side of my face. Um, I did try last year. Like last last mm. year was going to be my big, big push to grow a beard. And I was like, but it, it never really pushing worked. pushing down. <laughs> push down on the top and it comes out. Which is frustrating as well because my brother has got this like big, big, like luscious, bushy beard. Um, mm. It's in there, Luke. It's you just in need there, to, you need so. to coax it out some way. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, uh, thank you lads for continuing the content in these hard times. Brian Alvarez recently said that old Vince McMahon would fire current day Vince McMahon if he saw today's product. At what point do you think old Vince would have said, enough, you're fired? I don't know if I agree with Alvarez on that point. I think no. old Vince would still like today's product. I mean, uh, old Vince uh, is the same as new Vince, current Vince, because old Vince is motivated by money. And WWE is making more money than they ever made before. So I don't think he particularly gives a flying F yeah. about what's on the TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, grand scheme of things, I think he, you know, he's... If you actually cared what the product was on telly, you wouldn't throw out the scripts every Monday. Yeah. And rewrite when you turned up, yeah. you know, you wouldn't rewrite everything in in five hours because that's not how you get a good TV show. You would you would hire these really good TV writers that you've hired, uh, and you would probably take them at their word for what they've written. Yeah, because you'd be like, well, I trust you. Uh, he's never wanted to produce a TV company properly. He's just wanted to have a vehicle for making a lot of money, and that he can also just have complete creative control over. He is a wrestling promoter that hates wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh says, "Hello, boys. I wanted to follow up on my last mailbag uh, submission and tell you thank you so much for letting it, uh, me know about Streamyard. It was exactly what I needed to get back into making content again. Puts no stress whatsoever on my computer. Also wanted to say, uh, also wanted to say that Quizzlemania is an absolute blast. I've been uh, crushing it along playing at home. Would you ever consider having Patreons?" come on the show and play with you i mean we, we get shown up enough as it is with our, our guests let alone uh more people coming on to show us up 
Brian's crazy good. Like, <laughs> just knows things. <laughs> I was editing the podcast version of it today and I was quite annoyed because I did really well during Paper Feud. That was the, the one uh, I did. I did terrible. I got Rumble before him, but I did get the wrong WrestleMania. Uh, I got the mm. WrestleMania before. Because I always get... Because it's WrestleMania 2000 was the year after. For whatever reason in my head, that's WrestleMania 15 to me. And I've no <laughs> idea why. It just feels like it's such a round number. And it mm. shouldn't be 16. Which is daft, because then I know the one after that is X7. So I should just be able to subtract one from that. But anyway. Um, but yeah, maybe we could always look to having Patreons on board. Um, and if we ever do a live show, we'll have live people in from the audience. Uh, Adam says, uh, hey, Wrestle Talker and Wrestle Twerkers. Adam from sunny Manchester, locked down and locked in with the excellent content you guys have been producing as of late. Big up and many thanks. I was hoping you might be able to answer something that I've always wondered. Each of your review shows on YouTube has the viewer's opinion poll, which the viewers vote from one to five uh, with somewhat comical rating scale thrown into the mix. What I want to know is, do you ever do anything with these stats? At the moment, I can only tell that they let the views uh, viewers know what their votes lie amongst other Wrestle Twerkers or whatever name you've created for the YouTube Wrestle Talk Swafters. I believe they've not been named yet, so please consider that. Um... I digress. I, I'm a fan of data and stats, and the data nerd in me would love to see weekly TV viewing figures, pay-per-view viewers buying, and star ratings from the WrestleTalk crews and the viewers all in one place. I'm not sure what this would accomplish, but I do believe it would make a fascinating overview of all the products and utilize the data that I know Mr. Davis would love to drool over on a magazine show. Much love, Adam Nicholson. Uh, that to me sounds like i mean if someone wants to take that on as a project as a fan project and you know you can mm -hmm. give us all that data uh, come the end of the year for an end of review show yeah i'm not gonna say no but it's not something i'm gonna do because i've got no. i've got too much on as it is i don't like stats <laughs> um <laughs> ollie would like it yeah ollie would love that but he's got even less time than we have uh martin uh do you do the revival have a 90 day no compete clause as they've been released meaning they can't wrestle until thursday the 10th of july so from what we know and i'm pretty sure this is the case they were given an immediate release, which means they could have gone to work somewhere else the very next day. It's very mm -hmm. different to just being released from your contract. This was an immediate release. So yeah, so they could have showed up on, on AEW this week if they, you know, if they showed, well, I mean, they couldn't have because it was pre-taped, but they could have done a video package if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Patella said, uh, Sup lads, I just finished watching the main event on Netflix, which is basically one big WWE commercial with cringe acting and awful dialogue that's not even from The Miz. But I loved it. It was fun. And seeing Otis and Keith Lee in a Netflix movie was a treat. But I just wish the premise was more like Shazam and the kid turned into an adult wrestler. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Keith Lee. Uh, I, 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 sorry, sorry, I see what he says here. It's like, the, the kid turned into an adult wrestler, maybe, I don't know, Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee portraying a boy that turns into Keith Lee would be excellent. Book it, Netflix. Have you seen the main event? Do you guys plan on seeing it? What did you think of it uh, and my uh, my little fancy booking of it? Thank you for the great content. I'm still waiting for that Ollie Quizzlemania underdog win. Oh, you'll be waiting a long time there, Frank. <laughs> I have not seen the main event yet. I was going to make the suggestion that we do like a watch-along party of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah... That will probably be the way for me to actually watch the movie because I we, we also do the one that there's another one, isn't there? There where it's like a dog becomes a wrestler <laughs> and there's a monkey who's the promoter. I can't remember what the what it's called, but John Morrison's in it. Uh, Are you thinking of Scooby Doo? <laughs> no, 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 it's like legitimately like this dog becomes a wrestler and the monkey's a promoter and John Morrison's in the film. 
Amazing. Uh, I don't know what it was on Amazon Prime. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but we should do that and then the main event. Yeah, a double header and the big show show. Um, yeah, because yeah, we, we had an email from someone, uh, and, a, and a, I think it was an Instagram suggestion that we should do a watch along party with because they couldn't make it through 15 minutes of the film. But if we were there, we might be able to help him get through the whole thing. Uh, Gavin said, uh, hi guys, hope you're doing well. Uh, my question is, if Ted DiBiase Jr. was to sign for AEW, would you prefer him to feud or tag with Cody? P.S. Thanks for all this content through these bad times. Helping me fight the boredom. Uh, one more thing, Ollie, please use a Guinness glass. It looks wrong. I'm Irish. Yeah, I did see. I tuned in for a little bit, Quizlemania, last night. The lunatic mm. was drinking out of a can. I know. So was I. But yeah, but that's, that's Stella. That's a different thing, man. Yeah. Um, it only, only exists in cans, as far as I know. <laughs> um, so if Ted DiBiase Jr. signed for AEW, I think I'd prefer to see him as a singles guy as opposed to uh, tag with Cody. I don't know if there's enough nostalgic sort of resonance or sort of want for a... Um, God, what was that team called again? Legacy. Uh, for like a legacy mm. reunion. Uh, Dylan said, Hey lads, a few months ago I sent a mailbag question asking what wrestling moments your lady partners didn't understand. This was shortly after I watched Sean Flair, Sean Michaels versus Ric Flair uh, with my lady partner and she didn't understand the emotional finish of the match and she said Sean should be ashamed if he let an old guy get, a, let an old guy get as much offense in as he did. On the flip side of that, what moments in wrestling did your lady partners actually enjoy? A former girlfriend of mine was fascinated by matches involving Andre the Giant and Big Show due to their size. My current lady partner really enjoys supernatural characters like Taker Kane the Fiend and said the Firefly Funhouse match was the best thing she's ever seen in wrestling. My wife does not like wrestling and mm. uh, I don't think we've like she has seen bits and pieces like we watched WrestleMania 30 together. I don't think she that she came off the back of that being like I like that thing or I like that thing. I think her overall takeaway was it's not for me. This is very silly. <laughs> um, yeah, my my missus isn't massively keen on wrestling so watch bits of it she liked um johnny gargano one of the johnny gargano matches i think it was the andrade match uh and she she got into that uh but there's been a few like you know 90 percent of the time she should just be on her phone <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there's instagram to be done um, exactly yeah uh matt field uh, i've been reliably informed she's very good at instagram mm, yeah she is yeah um there's a lot of me on it <laughs> I've been, I've been told to just be an actor yeah. now in a lot of Instagram stories. Every now and again, I'll just hear my like my wife will be chuckling. I'll be like, you're right there. I was like, yeah, it's just Laurie's girlfriend on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Matt Field. Uh, hello, Luke, Adam, and the Wrestle Talk team. Uh, I want to thank you for constantly putting keeping up content despite the Steve Carino outbreak. During this, I've only left the house twice in three weeks, and my depression Ooh. is slowly starting to become harder to deal with. Your content, especially through Mania, I can start to forget a little. Anyway, my question is: Now that WrestleMania is over, who, in your opinion, is the who, in your opinion, is the best fit for Drew's first feud? Funny enough, I think it's Rollins. I think they have actually made mm. the right call with with Seth being the first guy for Drew to beat. Yeah, I think Seth's a really good choice. I think Drew needs another big heel to go against, and and Rollins is like, you know, I think Rollins is also at the peak of his healness. Yeah, he, he really is the best heel that Raw has I think yeah I, mean, I think you know Baron Corbin's the purest heel that WWE has in general I think because uh, he's actually the only person people don't want to see win ever yeah. Um, but yeah like you've got I think Rollins is just a great choice yeah it makes literally no sense because you know he lost at Wrestlemania but at the same time I guess you know wins and losses don't really matter um, and yeah it's just, they don't have another top heel on Raw that Drew mm -hmm. can go up against 
Um, annoyingly, actually, I, I, Andrade would have been a really good shout because I was really excited. Like when he came out to interrupt Drew's promo on Raw, I was like, "Oh yes, Drew versus Andrade is his first feud. That's a great shout." But then he beat him in a mm. matter of minutes. Uh, Flaming Live with the Fiend targeting past feuds. We all know uh, about Roman, Randy, Undertaker, and currently Braun, but we all forget New Day. So tell me what you think. We have Bray and Fiend versus the New Day, where we finally, where he finally seduces Xavier Woods into the Funhouse and turns him into a puppet. Where Biggie and Kofi have to go into the Funhouse to save their friend, only for Biggie to have changed at the end of it and become heel and turn on New Day, and we can have that Biggie turn that we heel turn that we all want. Do we want a Biggie heel turn? I feel like people keep hammering that nail and it's not going in, is it? It's uh, <laughs> be beating it's a, that drum and it's not making sweet, sweet music. This is uh, a square I, peg in a round hole. Yeah, I do not think we need a biggie heel turn. No. I think New Day is perfectly fine to perennially be baby faces and just stay together forever because they're so good together. Like, I don't I don't know what I think Big E as a heel would lose all of his character. And I think like I think what's so compelling about the New Day is quite clearly those three guys are just being themselves yeah absolutely um, agree like they can all go their separate ways and like go into being single stars themselves but i don't think you need to do a heel a heel turn split with any of them mm. although i do like the idea of xavier was doing a firefly fun house i think that'd be a lot of fun yeah i think like i, I definitely think um because we, we, we talk about this actually for uh, explained uh, which is coming out next week um an excellent series you should go check it out and thank you uh on parts fun known uh it it we were talking about. I was talking to uh, a film and wrestling journalist called Tom Beasley about, it, and he we were saying like who would have been the ideal candidate for uh, to make the fiend actually like a character that you want to see lose because this is the this is the issue that you have with the fiend. Like the, the kind of episode is looking at um, the fiend's matches and his presentation as sort of like a horror character, and we're saying that obviously like in horror films you root for the you you know generally speaking you root for the killer for the first like half an hour 40 minutes and then you start to root for whoever's going to be the survivor mm. um and in the fiend's case in every match the problem is everyone wants to see the fiend win yeah. um so who could emerge you know like they tried to bill seth rollins as the final girl uh, of a horror film and it did work because uh, people didn't want Seth Rollins to win. So who would have been the person to pitch as a final girl? And we said, like, Daniel Bryan's a great choice because Daniel Bryan has had trials and tribulations and overcome struggles. Kofi Kingston, at peak Kofi mania, would have been the best way to make The Fiend a heel. Yeah. Like, if, if The Fiend had attacked Kofi when Kofi was uh, the WWE champion and set off this whole feud everyone would have bought Kofi winning at the end because everyone would have actually wanted Kofi to retain. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, uh, Ryan Sanderson, hey guys, hope you're doing well during this situation. Any form of escapism is much needed right now, so your work is very much appreciated. In the spirit of Money in the Bank, as well as big sweaty men slapping meat, if you could create a big man only Money in the Bank ladder match, who would be in that match? Does not have to be limited to wrestlers signed with WWE. Right. Keith? Keith Lee. Dijak. Dijak. Um, Damien Priest. Priest, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's your there's your three right there. Uh, Brock, Biggie, Biggie, Goldberg, <laughs> Goldberg, yeah. Goldberg is going in as the ultimate heel mm. that no one wants to win. <laughs> yeah, and he can keep spearing ladders in half <laughs> as everyone's climbing them. And you could have that moment when it's Brock and uh, Goldberg at the top of the ladder for the ultimate nuclear heat. I'm just like, no, anyone but yeah. you two. Sorry, can I, can I? I'm gonna actually swap out Goldberg mm -hmm. for uh, PCO. Oh, there it is! Absolutely, mm -hmm. old Frankenstein himself. Um, 
Uh, that guy who wants to support simply asks, why does Ronda Rousey hate us? Because <laughs> uh, people keep telling her that other people are as tough as her, yeah. and that's not true. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I guess her, I think she's quite sensitive, really. Um, but I also I also think maybe Lana winding her up saying like people get people get injured in this and it's like it's not that it's not what she was saying yeah she, you know I think what she was saying was that you know we can't pretend that this is a combat sport in the same way that combat sports are combat sports this is a sport in which people get hurt but it's an athletic performance combat sports is someone has genuinely punched you in the face yeah uh, and you are bleeding and they are trying to legitimately make you pass out by choking you and it's, uh, I, I do think that it's all 100% of work and it's just to, you know, mm. because they were asking Shayna Baszler about the interviews on Raw this week. So it's 100% trying to lead back into a, a storyline for Ronda to come in. I would mm -hmm. argue, though, that it's a bad storyline because Ronda is telling us all that it's fake. So yeah. if Ronda then goes in and loses, so she's lost a fake fight, who cares? And like, and who cares that the person who won won a fake fight? Like, you know, that doesn't matter anything. Yeah. But that, I guess that's the thing. Like you know, I feel like maybe they have to do that because maybe maybe the egomania is there. Just like I, I you know, I am a legitimate fighter and I cannot lose to this Irish lass. Uh, Nicholas Walton <laughs> says, "Greetings, you lovely lads. Due to current events, I've lost my job." Sorry to hear that, Nicholas. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, and also, my asthma makes me a high risk. Man, uh, due to these facts, I can no longer live in 2020. So, I've decided I'm going to uh, live in 1999. I've compiled a list of every wrestling show I can watch from WWF, WCW, and ECW I can watch that year. My list also contains cartoons and a few choice uh, movies from that year. Are there any obscure or bizarre movie and TV show recommendations from 1999 that you can add to my list? God, I can't ever remember. I can't remember the dates of things. Dates is like my worst thing. Uh, what was what was 90s? Like, specifically 99. Specifically 90s. Let's have a look. Let's, let's have a look at the yearly uh, domestic for... I'm on box office mojo at the moment. Uh, it's 1999. I obviously got like Star Wars and Matrix and, and things like that. Austin Powers Spy mm. shagged me. Um... Ooh, Blair Witch Project was 99. Wild Wild West. American Pie. Oh, Pokemon the first movie. Mewtwo Strikes Back. Ah, there you go. Watch Pokemon. Because <laughs> also you could watch... the. I feel like the first series was airing in 99 as well, so you could watch that. Yep. You could play Pokemon Red and Blue, because I believe they came out in the UK in 99. Mystery Men, if you want to sort of close to. a comic book movie. Uh, Dogma, Kevin Smith Dogma came out in 99. Baby Geniuses, one of the worst things I've ever seen from my life. Um, Blast from the Past... Saving Private Ryan. I mean, there's some good cartoons as well. You could watch uh, some of the series of Hey Arnold. You could watch uh, Powerpuff Girls. Mm -hmm. These are all great choices. Good choice of year. Oh, you mate. just miss out on Pinky and the Brain, though, because oh. Pinky and the Brain finished airing in 1998. So. Dang. Uh, Callum says, hey, WrestleTalk, uh, my question is to do with AEW. Uh, when it started last year, I got other people into it that were previously wrestling fans and thought the pay-per-view was great and loved Moxley. I'm assuming that's in reference to Double or Nothing. My question is, have you ever tried to get people that used to be into wrestling into AEW? P.S. Hope you guys are doing okay. This is my last mailbag due to money problems at the moment, but I will always support WrestleTalk. We thank you very, very much for your support, yeah, Callum. Thanks. Long, long support from Callum. Um, so I did send uh, a friend of ours um, the trailer that they did for Dynamite. Because he's mm. like he's a lapsed fan, 
and he said that it looked really cool and he kind of was like into the idea of watching it but then never watched it so and yeah there's there's very rare times where i've had people who don't really watch wrestling that then ask to watch wrestling or i then suggest that they watch wrestling because if they're not into it then it's, it's kind of hard to to make the conversion i mean it's, it's also one of those things it's just like in the uk for, if you unless you have sky you know or bt sport now it's not on is it really like you know we can't it's not an easy way to just watch wrestling it's not and also like people's viewing habits aren't you know my a lot of my consumption of wrestling when i was a kid was around other people's houses it was on when they when i walked in the room yeah and then we'd watch a bit of wrestling or you know i, I stayed up on sunday and watched wcw on channel five but like it's not really baked into our schedules now to just leave the telly on no. uh, on random channels and just watch stuff. So like, unless it's on a streaming service that I'm actually using, yeah, it's kind of hard. And then, you know, and then for me to then suggest that to someone else, be like, yeah, if you just type in this random thing or you sign up to WWE Network, maybe you'll like wrestling again. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that you know, is, that's, you can that's only the suggest to people illegal. You can only suggest to people illegal links, basically. Then at that point, isn't yeah. it? So like, you can go watch it illegally, but it's like that's not a good thing to do. Maybe when Disney buys WWE, that's when people will start watching it again. Uh, mm -hmm. El Coco Benjamin Rubio says, due to the current situation, I decided now is the time more than ever to support you guys on Patreon since I'm saving money by working from home it was a no-brainer to send some of it well, your way well thank you very very much for that we thank really you so appreciate much. it i've been a fan since ollie started doing solo work with the wrestle talk hall of fame and adam was still with what culture in my opinion luke joining was one of the best things to happen in the early days of the swath nation because wrestle ramble was born hearing you guys discuss and debate wrestling news or topics uh, was one of the things i looked forward to during the week back when luke was still wearing his hat honestly thought Laurie was just a crossover guy from Cultaholic when they were first getting started. Here's my question. It may have been answered in a previous mailbag, but I was just wondering, how did each of you guys get involved with WrestleTalk? Wasn't around much in 2019, so I have no idea how Pete, Andy, and Simon were introduced. Love you guys. Stay safe. P.S. Glad to see Adam back. Also, Ollie playing That's My Line is the best thing on the internet. Ooh, it's a sweaty moment. It's a sweaty, sweaty round mm. watching him play that. Um, so yeah, so I... I um, I have been podcasting with Ollie now for over ten years. At this point, we think we did. Our, we I think we did our first podcast together in two thousand nine. Um, so we've just known each other for a, for a quite some time and uh, worked together on a movie blog. Uh, and he said that he needed some people to come in to help him with the load because the channel was growing. And I was like, "Sounds good. Sign me up." My job was mm -hmm. coming to an end at that point. Uh, I was on a contract basis, and it was like, "Yeah, we're not going to renew your contract." And I was like, "That's fair enough." guess i'll go work with uh with ollie then and now i'm here and here we are here we you are. went on holiday and now here i am exactly. um and then pete was hired pete worked for the website mm -hmm. um we met pete at wrestling media con uh he was doing some of the like uh ferrying of talent around um did a bit of stuff with us and then he said, like, we were looking for presenters to come in and do stuff for Screen Stalker when that was starting up. And Pete put his name in the hat. And we were like, we like Pete. We'll get Pete. Pete's nice so we guy. got Pete. Uh, housemate Simon is just my housemate. <laughs> that's how that's that's how yeah, he got in. Pretty much. He also, you know, he also works in TV. So, like, he can film and edit. And we needed a filming and editing person. So we yeah. brought in a filming and editing person. And Andy was also... Uh, who also likes wrestling. And Andy was also a WrestleTalk.com writer. Um, mm -hmm. That we he was I think he was our first full time hire for WrestleTalk.com if I remember correctly and that was at MediaCon I think we I think that's when we sort of made the decision and yeah uh, Pete was was 
just so happened to sort of be like close to the area at that point and andy said we need mm-hmm. some extra hands and he was like okay i'll come down and you know worked out well for him uh mm-hmm. Dwayne cooley uh, just a few questions to get your opinions on uh the last three or four episodes of being the elite have shown having matches in a tennis court with a ring uh, and i was intrigued to see an episode of dynamite take place there granted it's technically at one of the jackson's house but while quarantining is a thing it would be nice to switch it up what do you guys think i definitely the option is there now so like you know break the form of wrestling like we, we we're so used to seeing things presented in the exact way that they've been presented since like the 1980s uh since even earlier like you know the, the, this whole it's a show there are fans there's a ring in the middle of the thing like this is the time to mess with it and and you know do things like make a more backyard wrestling style uh show make more cinematic matches um really screw with how you could make a tv show about wrestling without having wrestling presented in the way that wrestling is always presented yeah i think it's a really interesting time uh have you seen the big show show i recommend it it's actually pretty funny not seen it yet no not yet uh and lastly i've watched dark side of the ring i always love a documentary i didn't know this series existed until the benoit episode so i went back and watched them all do you guys have any wrestling documentary recommendations um, wrestling with shadows and beyond the mats the first two that spring mm-hmm. to mind from the wwe side of things rise and fall of ecw is a great uh dvd it's a great documentary and i've always going to have a soft spot for the ultimate hit piece the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior it is mm-hmm. i mean if you are not a fan of the ultimate warrior and you want to spend an hour and 20 minutes watching people dunk on him and just hate <laughs> on him for you know for an hour and 20 minutes you know, you're in luck, mate, because that DVD exists, and it's, mm. and you know, they had to apologise to him for it for releasing it and for making up a lot of lies. But you know, it's a it's a wild, wild watch. <laughs> I, I recently watched the uh, the Ruthless Aggression documentary uh, again, and um, I think that's quite a, quite an interesting look at a, a specific period of WWE and specific talents. Um, weirdly presented because obviously it's doing that WWE thing of like it's semi. Uh, shoot and it's semi-work um, but it's like it's fascinating to sort of see the the backstage machinations of how all these certain talents emerged at the same time it's worth it all for the archive as well like the archive footage that WWE yeah. have got access to is it's just it's unreal and like and I, I think you know the, the 24 documentary series that they do are really good as well the Ruthless Aggression one is funny if you can sort of like look past the very much sort of like well, a lot of the lies that they tell in that just like hey Vince mm. McMahon had the genius idea of changing WWF to WWE and that saved the company it's like well that's not quite what happened really was it <laughs> yeah I mean yeah there's some glossing over of some very obvious issues there's some uh, heavy cutting around Chris Benoit yeah. which I think is one of my like he's in a lot of shots <laughs> Please, it's just a pair of tights. <laughs> uh, Chris Thorne, guys, I've just realised WWE might actually be telling the best story they can with Kane and Brock Lesnar. Kane Velasquez, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane come to WWE for revenge for his godson against the person he absolutely destroyed in UFC. He lost the MMA fight so badly he got injured and needed months off to recover. During that recovery time, Rey Mysterio teaches Velasquez to do lucha things, and now he finally gets revenge on Brock Lesnar, not only for Dominic but also his injury. Uh, or you know, Kane could just come back and have the exact same style of match with Brock at SummerSlam, making me look like a giant knob. Do you think that storyline is perfect, or have I just lost it? I don't know if I would say it's perfect, but um, it's I. Excuse me. I would imagine that he will just come back and have a UFC style fight. Yeah, I think they they want that. Yeah, they're, they're looking for those crossover 
uh, talents and they're looking for them to do things that they do. So they, you know, they want Tyson Fury to punch people. They want Cain Velasquez to do an MMA style fight. You know, like you, you only have to look to Ronda Rousey really to see the blueprint of what they want to do with people from the UFC. Um, you know, she's definitely more. You know, Brock had the benefit of having been a wrestler first, then gone to UFC, then come back. So he just carried on sort of doing a far lazier version of what he was doing before. Yeah. Um, and now we've got Cain Velasquez, who's probably going to punch people in the head. And I don't think they're going to want him to do lucha stuff because they want to push him as Cain Velasquez, that guy you know from UFC, not Cain Velasquez, the masked luchador. Yeah. Uh, last couple here from Abnahav. Hey, Luke and Laurie. I know it's a very hard time. My support goes to all the wrestlers and staff released. My question is, uh, is uh, isn't this the time the experienced and well-do stars of WWE make a joint statement against management? Um, my, I, I do mean Roman Reigns, Owens, Rollins, Lynch, Flair, AJ Styles. Isn't this the time to be a locker room leader? What do you think? Well, I think that's what Seth tried to do yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. or you know over the last couple of days with his Instagram story I, uh, or his Instagram live whatever he did I think that's what he was trying to do was to rally everyone together to be like you know we are all in this together he just worded some of it quite poorly I don't think he intended to say don't blame WWE for this they're, a, they're the good guy in this story I don't think that's what he intended mm-hmm. to say but that's borderline what he did say I think he yeah. was just trying to show sort of like support for for all the, the the guys and girls that unfortunately have lost their jobs. It's I mean it's very difficult though because it's such a fragile situation to be in, isn't it? As as you know, WWE turned around one day and they rang a bunch of people, and those people don't have jobs anymore, and they can because of the way they've set up the way they hire wrestlers, they can do that with anyone. So yeah. like Seth Rollins is he's equally. Uh, seconds away from being on the chopping block so like you don't want to put a foot wrong and rally together and you know like yeah if you could get everyone to i am spartacus this thing um sure you might have a bit of a leg to stand on but you know you don't want to in this situation they could probably get through the next couple of months of tv without a seth rollins so they could put him out to pasture for a bit and ask him to come back later i don't know like i don't think they would no. but you don't want to you, this is definitely not the time to annoy people who are uh I guess protecting themselves from financial disaster. Uh, and lastly, from Iraqli, uh, do you think it's possible to make Firefly Funhouse matches or Boneyard matches in the style of um, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch? Ooh, that is a that is very great cool. idea. That's how you get people to subscribe to the network. Is is yeah. doing a yeah Bandersnatch style episode of Firefly Funhouse? That's a great idea. But that's also another way that you could do, you know, you could also sell those types of things to Netflix as a pusher to WWE, you know, which is what they're they're hoping, I guess, like the main event does. Mm -hmm. And they're hoping the big show show does like, you know, they want these things to push people back to WWE, uh, the, the regular wrestling programming and the WWE network. So why not just actually put it on Netflix if you're going to make this? They've got the technology. They've already developed it. I would do it. I think it's a great idea. How's your uh, shopping habits um, with all of this lockdown? How are you finding it all? Oh, yeah, fine. Uh, we're, we're fairly well stocked up, to be fair. Like, we did a gigantic uh, 
Tesco shop before any of this ever happened. So <laughs> we weirdly managed to stockpile ahead of people actually stockpiling just because we were bored of going to Tesco's every evening and being like, what should we eat for dinner? So we just did a big shop, but it was like a very big shop. Yeah. And we've been living off that. And then we just had to go to the shops to get fresh, you know, fruit and veg, nice. which has been good. So yeah, I think we've, we've kind of navigated it quite well. We've gone out, you know, go once a week basically, or, you know, twice a week at a push to go get stuff. But We've, I feel like we're we're isolating well. Um, I was going to say the. Um, uh, what was the question I was going to ask? You? That was it. I did the Pilgrim Pizza last week. Oh yeah, how was it? It went. It was really nice, actually. It went really, really well. Um, we were slightly concerned that it was going to be. Uh, it was going to go a bit tits up because. Obviously, my wife is uh, is a bit gluten intolerant, so mm-hmm. we thought that it might not have like the the stretch that it really needs and it was a bit breaky because it doesn't have like the gluten in there to kind of hold it all together but mm-hmm. it did work really well and well, it's fascinating isn't it yeah it was, it was it was brilliant so yeah we did that like first thing saturday morning was to put the dough together and let it prove for the rest of the day and had lovely pizzas in the evening so yeah mm-hmm. I, I can't recommend it enough i thought it was great Pizza Pilgrims. I don't know what their website is, but check it out. Yeah, uh, they've got the recipe for their. They also are the nicest people. Uh, they're very nice, nice people. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, and also made a uh, wicked cake last week. Uh, made mm. a vanilla sponge because I'm into baking now. Because I've got to find something to do during all of this. <laughs> made a vanilla sponge with a maple uh, buttercream that I made from scratch. However, the the recipe that we had for it had like you know x amount of butter x amount of caster sugar and we put in it was four cups of caster sugar to kind of like make this buttercream and Mm. we put in two of those cups and had a quick taste and good lord it was sweet it was so sickly sweet and i was like i don't want it's not firming it up that was the problem though it then didn't make actually buttercream it just made a drizzle basically Oh. <laughs> but it was so sweet. I was like, we can't make mm. any more of this. So if we do it again, we're just going to sort of half the ingredients. The problem with baking is that you end up eating all the baked goods very quickly. Oh, yeah. I think is the problem. We we made cookies the other day and uh, they were gone within the day. Yep. <laughs> it's just like yeah, we made. Just a, eat, I've just eaten six cookies today. So brilliant. We made a full cake. This was like a two, uh, like a, a stacked cake as well with like the buttercream frosting in the middle. And by you know we did it on Saturday. By Monday. It was starting to go a little bit dry. We're like, well, now we've got to eat it even quicker. So, you know, we're eating an entire cake in between the two of us in the span of a couple this of days. It. It's like Taika Waititi said, we're all going to come out of this looking like the people from Wally. <laughs> Just all we've done is look at screens and sit down for however long. Or Fat Thor from Endgame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, have you no longer got... worthy to wield Mjolnir. Meow, meow. <laughs> uh, have you got anything you might be doing this weekend? God, no. Uh, doing stuff <laughs> is for losers. Uh, doing stuff is for people who are allowed outside, I think. Um, no, I'm, I've got a quiz tonight, Luke. Yes, quiz, mate. And I've got, and I've got a quiz tomorrow. Are you doing another quiz tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Mate, that's three quizzes on the bounce. I hate quizzes. Speaking, speaking, I hate them. Speaking of which, how did you find Quizlemania last night? Oh, it was a dislike. Uh, no, it was, it, was, it was perfectly fun. Uh, I don't think people gelled with my I don't like quizzes character, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and, uh, yeah, I think people thought it was 
people saying it devalues Brian's win that I wasn't taking it seriously. I don't think so. I think Brian did very well. Brian likes quizzes. Brian knows WWE trivia. I can't remember anything if you ask me about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I tuned in for a little bit. So I saw the second half of Whose Nips Are These? And mm-hmm. all of That's My Line. Um, so I, I got to see those two rounds. And then me and, and my wife I decided to watch MasterChef instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good content. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's because also like keep I, doing the quiz. So my point, like I was just, I just said, can I just tune in and just see how the quiz is going? I just want to see what the numbers are looking like. Because bear in mind, this is supposed to be like our date night, and mm-hmm. now they're going like, yeah, no, but you know, I just want to check in on work and just sort of see how that's getting on. And then after a while, I was like, oh, I can feel her already itching to be like, you know, she's she's laughing, but she wants to watch MasterChef. So, oh, yeah. so we, we did stop watching it. But once we finished MasterChef, I did tune in for just a little bit while I was brushing my teeth to see that uh, Ollie was on like 30-odd points and Brian was on 70-odd points. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, wow, Brian's he done well. Tri- he, yeah, he broke triple digits. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah he, was, he was very he's very good at wrestling knowledge. And also, whose nipples are these? Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> he knew all the tattoos. He knew all the nipples. Uh, yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, I highly recommend people go check that out because the podcast version is available. If you search for Quizzlemania with two Zs or two Zs if you're British in your podcast feed, you will find it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, to subscribe to the podcast yeah. version on that one, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, and wherever you get your podcasts from, as well as this podcast and my podcast under consultation, which I will also plug. And no rolls barred. We're a podcast machine currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are filling up people's time during all of this and speaking of which we're going to get out of here now because we've got to go have our morning meeting with the team in just a few mm-hmm. moments uh, and yeah we will speak to you again next week we've got the Raw Review, AWNXT, all the usual good stuff, take care, I love you, goodbye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.